Yo, this is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 81. Um, fresh off of Christmas, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this out on time, but I did a lot of prep work really early in the week, so uh, I'm able to get this thing out in time, which is amazing. So this is a themed episode. I had kind of teased that I was going to be doing some sort of a theme for this one. And uh, I am delivering on that promise. This is a kind of a, a vague theme, though, because I could seriously do three or four episodes on this theme and still have plenty other songs to pick from. You know, it's pretty hard to narrow it down to 13 tunes. But I'm doing a nature theme, so this is all bands that um, even if you know they've kind of shifted topic every now and again from album to album there's kind of a, an overriding um, just general theme uh, of, of nature is kind of the driving force behind the lyrical content and even just the there's something to be said about the musical content as well uh, as far as it just kind of conjuring up uh, images of nature and things like that so I just kind of focused on bands and songs that uh, fit within that kind of scheme so yes, uh, very hard to narrow it down to 13. I tried not to just fill it with all the uh, heavy hitters that we've all heard plenty of times. I wanted to pick uh, some slightly more unknown things here and there throughout the episode, so uh, hopefully you'll hear something that you haven't heard before. And I am warning you now, a lot of bands that kind of have this theme, uh, they tend to write longer songs because they're just kind of more atmospheric and expansive and and uh, it just takes time to build up and create the mood that they're trying to create and things like that. So I'm not surprised that so many of these songs are long, but I'm just warning you now, this is a lengthy episode. So, All right, let's kick things off here in the USA, out of Portland, Maine. Personal friends of mine, um, the band is Falls of Raros, and they've been around since 05. And um, I, my first... Um, uh, experience with them was their um, second album. Second album, really loved that record a lot, and um, me and some friends actually went up to uh, this music festival in Connecticut, uh, and they were one of the main reasons uh, that we went. We really wanted to see them play, and Obsidian Tongue play, and Agaloc, and Evoken. It was a damn good festival, but uh, I remember we ran into them at the show, and uh, not to put any pressure on them, but it was the, before they played, and we pretty much told them, like, yeah, we flew up from Texas to see you guys. <laughs> so they were like, okay, great. No pressure, you know, well, hopefully we can deliver. But um, they were great, and we've just kind of stayed in contact ever since. And then whenever we, uh, Krigsgrove and Giant of the Mountain, went on an East Coast tour back in 2016, uh, we did a show with them in Portland, Maine, and it was an amazing show, probably the best one of the whole tour. And... Um, and then we crashed at their house, and uh, it was an amazing time. We they threw a little party after the show and just had friends over, and we were just drinking and eating food and listening to records and up very, very late into the night, but it was a really memorable uh, experience. But anywho, I am rambling severely right from the get-go here, so I'm going to play something off of their fourth record. Really, the first three were the ones that I paid attention to the most, and I am uh, first to admit that the last two I have not given uh, their fair shake. I haven't given them a, a really, really thorough listen, 
Um, not because I don't want to, I've just kind of been sidetracked with other stuff, I guess, but um, finally got around to listening to this fourth album more in depth. I had heard bits and pieces of it, but uh, it's a really good record, and um, it's it's become one of my favorites of, their, of the five. But uh, the record's called Vigilance Perennial, fourth album, came out in March of 2017 on NordVis Productions, and this one, if there is a single of sorts, I guess it would be this one, because this is one that I've seen shared, you know, the most by other people, but um, really damn good tune here. The song is called Arrow and Kiln, and um, I think this really just sets the mood for this whole theme and this whole episode, so really good band, really good record, and a damn good song. So here we go, off of Vigilance Perennial, this is Falls of Raros with Arrow and Kiln.
Alright, that was Falls Auraros from Maine with Arrow and Kiln. Really good song, and they their first couple of records especially had some really strange production um, and just really uh, kind of a rough listen as far as picking out nuances and things with their playing, but uh, the last couple of records, the, I don't think they're ever going to embrace like a full-fledged, uh, you know, pristine production, nor should they, but um, it's definitely... Um, seems to be a better a better sound for the last couple of records so I, I like the production on that one and their newest one as well uh, okay I am going to I know I rambled a shit ton in that opening opening uh, intro but I am going to try and keep it somewhat brief uh, in between these songs since the songs are a bit longer and the episodes gonna be a bit longer I don't want to just drag the whole thing down with tons of chatter so let's jump right in here. We're going to go to Russia. This band's been around since 2012. The band is Elderwind, and they really kind of made their mark from the get-go. I've been hearing about them uh, for years as far as kind of being in this circle of, you know, uh, atmospheric kind of black metal, nature-based, you know, type stuff. And um, I'm going to play something off of their debut. They only have two records, but um, they're a really good band, and it's really just like... Uh, majestic, I guess, would be the best uh, way to describe their sound because it is very keyboard-filled, but um, it just creates this really, really big, majestic atmosphere, this really, really cool vibe uh, in their sound, but uh, it just sounds so big. And uh, so I'm going to play something off the debut. The album's called The Magic of Nature. came out in November of 2012 on Deleting Soul Records. And I'm going to play the title track off of that because I love the way that it builds up. And um, again, it just has such a cool mood that runs throughout the whole thing. And this is a band that I like and I've heard of uh, for a long time. And uh, I've always liked everything that I've heard of them. But I just, for whatever reason, I just, um, I have too much stuff at my disposal <laughs> to listen to. I never think to come back around and listen to them. Uh, I should listen to them more because I really like their stuff. But I just, uh, I don't do it as often as I should. But uh, here we go off of The Magic of Nature. This is Elderwind with The Magic of Nature.
All right, that was Elderwind from Russia with The Magic of Nature. I love that song, and I really, really love that keyboard break in the second half of the song before it kicks back in, uh, just to kind of bring the whole thing home. Uh, I think that's a really good piece of songwriting right there. Uh, all right, we're going to go to uh, Ottawa, Canada. This is a one-man band that's been around since 2016. I don't know much about them. Um, this person has done a full-length, uh, and they had only an EP and like a split release that came before that. And there's not really a whole lot of info out there about this either. The band is called Unrequited. And I have not heard the EP or the split that came before this full length, but they released this debut this year on May 22nd um, through Northern Silence Productions. The album's called Empathica. And the whole thing seems to be all about winter. <laughs> so just the outdoors and winter. And I don't even remember how I came across this, this project, but um, I know I heard it on Spotify and I listened to this album uh, start to finish, I guess it was just kind of something I had put on in the background while I was working at my desk, and I ended up just listening to the whole record, and I thought it was pretty cool. It's definitely, it's in the same vein as like what we just heard from Elderwind, because it's very, very keyboard driven, um, but the keyboards are even louder in the mix, probably too loud in the mix, but the whole sound as a, in general is just kind of a more flamboyant version I guess of Elderwind like there's just he kind of uh, ramps up all of those elements the keyboards and just some really kind of off the beaten path uh, drum beats that he uses and um, there's just it there's some just kind of weird sections that are full of um, just kind of more a more flamboyant sound similar to like what summoning does uh, on occasion whenever they'll have little you know flutes and just kind of random stuff going uh, underneath some riffs but uh, there's a lot of that going on in this so it might not be your cup of tea this one's probably the biggest uh, stretch I guess for me to include on the episode but uh, since it's a fairly unknown project I just wanted to share it because I did enjoy this album but you definitely have to be in the right mood for it so here we go off of their debut album Empathica this is Unrequited with Everwinter Thank you. 
Alright, that was Unrequited from Ottawa, Canada with Everwinter. Definitely uh, more theatrical sounding than uh, the first two songs uh, from this episode, but I think it's really well done. Um, it definitely kind of fits more into that like post-black metal um, subgenre than anything else, I would say, but I just, I don't know, I think it's really good. Um, Alright, we're going to go to the UK here. This is a project that's been around since 2013. It's a one-man band, uh, very, very folky. Not in the folk metal sense, but in the, you know, old world, bare bones, a man playing an acoustic guitar and singing type folk. But um, this is a project from uh, Dan Cap, and he, uh, I say was, a guitar player for Winter Phyleth. He actually just left, I want to say, maybe less than two months ago, I want to say. But he he's not an original guy uh, from Winter Phyleth, but he was in the band for uh, a number of years for the last couple of records and uh, he left on good terms with them um, and even kind of uh, assisted them in picking a replacement and just kind of wished them luck and he's just kind of moving on to other things but um but yes he has this project which i believe is pronounced Wolkins men um that's the pronunciation that he described on his facebook page so i'm just going to roll with that i haven't actually heard him say it so i'm just doing my best based on his little hooked on phonics post but um but yeah he's done a couple of albums now uh, the most recent one came out in september of last year it's called fire in the white stone and uh that came out september 2019 on indie recordings and uh, yeah he just kind of it's almost like a a british wardruna it's it's one guy that just kind of plays some real old school um instruments and uh there's really no electric uh, performances on his stuff it's all just acoustic and clean vocals and and things like that and and um but yeah it's i wanted to break up the episode with a couple of uh, of bands like that that are kind of doing something in a more straightforward folky style and not so much a folk metal uh hybrid type thing so uh yes this is your this is your elevator music to break up the episode a little bit so um, off of Fire in the White Stone, this is Wolken's Men with The Swans of Gar's Edge.
All right. That was Vulcan's Men with the Swans of Gar's Edge. He is really good um, with his layering and everything like that. Um, that album, I haven't heard the debut, but I've listened to this second album, and it's really good stuff. And he has some pretty badass merch, so if you like some cool <laughs> some cool shirts, check out his shirt designs, because he's got some really cool, cool merch. Um, anyways, we're going back to uh, Canada here, out of Ontario. This band's been around since 2009. And it's really just all the members of uh, Woods of Ypres minus David Gold. And uh, it's a it's an interesting band. It's called Thrasunblatt. And they admit themselves that that name doesn't mean anything at all. It's just some random crap that they came up with. But they've made some really interesting records. And um, it's hard to describe. I guess it's, it kind of sounds like older Woods albums. But, um, but yeah, they, they're... Their, uh, I think their most recent one is more acoustic based, um, but the first three have a, a more you know metal edge to them. Um, but yeah, I'm going to play something off of the third album. This is actually the first album of theirs that I had ever heard. Um, I don't even really know how to pronounce it either, but uh, I'm not going to try either because that's just fodder for for ridicule. But um, I'm, uh, this song is kind of their most listened to one uh, on the streaming platforms and things like that so if you're familiar with this band you've probably heard this song plenty of times i um am you know i don't listen to them all the time but i do like uh, the stuff i've heard off of this album uh, the best so uh yeah they're still considered active i don't think they are the most prolific band in the world but um uh, they don't really need to be i don't think they tour or do anything like that some they're just kind of writing and releasing at their own pace so they can do as they please. But uh, this album again came out in June of 2016 on Ignifera Records. This is Throsunblatt with She Who Names the Stars. Thank you. 
That was Throssenblatt from Ontario, Canada, with She Who Names the Stars. And um, to me, that's just really well done. Those are real professionals, real talented musicians that have been at it for a long time, played with each other for uh, a long time, so they're familiar with uh, each other's styles and things like that, but it just shines through in the music to me. I can, there's just a certain confidence uh, in their sound that uh, that shines through to my ears at least, but really good album. I suggest you check that one out. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Australia here. This band's been around since 2009, and I'm playing this one because it is a contrast. Um, that's the best word I can use because most bands that kind of play in this like nature based style they almost kind of follow a certain template there's like a certain checklist of things that you'll hear you know because it's almost always in a, a black metal based sound that uh, involves a lot of atmosphere and longer songs and they usually have acoustic guitars in there or some you know very epic sounding keyboards or things like that and um, and you'll hear that really often in this style but this band kind of proves the point that you can play um, lyrically, have very nature-based lyrics, and have that kind of uh, undercurrent going throughout your music, but musically you can play some whatever style you want pretty much. So this band is called Encircling Sea, and they play a more kind of heavy, sludgy kind of style, which is not my favorite, but there are some bands in that style that are quite good. And um, I think this band, and I think their most recent record, is actually quite good. But uh, my main reason for playing it is just to highlight that fact that you can be a very nature-based band um, and play whatever style of music you want, you know. So, uh, so yeah, if you're a fan of the sludgy stuff, you will probably dig this. I'm going to play something off of their most recent album. They have four albums up to this point. So their most recent one is called Harkin. It came out in April of 2018 on EVP Recordings. And this tune is called Elderfire.
That was Encircling Sea from Australia with Elderfire. They still, you know, incorporate some black metal elements in there, and there's some little blast beat sections here and there, but yeah, they kind of stick to that really guitar-driven, heavy, sludgy sound, and uh, I think they do a really good job. Uh, Alright, we're going to jump to uh, the Ukraine here. This one's kind of a given, if I'm going to do a nature episode, that this band would be on it. Uh, the band is Drutk, and they've been around since 2002. Of course, uh, kind of formed not necessarily as a side project of uh, the members of Hate Forest, but just as an entirely kind of separate uh, entity. So it's not really the not really the stepchild or anything. It's meant to be its own, you know, full band that deserved its own focus and things like that. But Drutk has released um, 11 albums now at this point, which is crazy to say because whenever I had first uh, gotten into them or heard them they had only put out you know like three <laughs> three or four or something like that so um, it just didn't really dawn on me that they've released as many as they have now but still going strong um, they are masters when it comes to kind of black metal that creates real moods and atmosphere that is just uh, makes you think of the outdoors and the forest and things like that and uh, yeah they're just they're masters. They they've not haven't been afraid to change it up as well. They've kind of done a couple of you know more experimental uh, albums that have uh, some more like post black metal leanings to them. Um, Handful of stars being one of them, and it's one of my favorite albums of theirs as well. But um, I'm gonna play something off of the debut. Some of their albums have some really harsh production, not necessarily like super fuzzy or whatever like that, but it's just so thin um, that it's just not enjoyable to to listen to all always but um sometimes the mood hits and it's it you know the album estrangement is the one that i have the hardest time listening to because it's just so thin and there's just this certain frequency that those songs are playing at that i just kind of it doesn't uh, doesn't sound good to my ears but uh, i'm gonna play something off the debut called forgotten legends came out in february of 03 on supernal music and uh this one not only is it a great song, but just for the title alone, it's it's uh, it's worth a spot on the episode. So, from the Ukraine, off of the debut album *Forgotten Legends*, this is Drutk with "Forests in Fire and Gold." <laughs>
right, there we go. That's a very fast fade out. That was Drutk with Forests in Fire and Gold. Really good debut, and they started strong and then stayed strong their entire career. So, And for those of you who might not know, um, very recently, Hate Forest has not put out anything since 2000... Oh, geez. I want to say 2002 or something like that. Could might be 2004, I could be wrong. But, um, but they just released um, a new album, like out of nowhere. So um, I forget what it's called, but if you're a fan of Drutk and a fan of Hate Forest, since it shares members, um, and you should check that out because it was not heavily promoted. It was kind of a surprise. So, um, but yeah, I didn't know about it till just the other day. So I'm sharing with you guys. All right, we're jumping to Norway here. This is kind of a collaboration that's been going since uh, 2014. I think it initially started as a one-off. Uh, these guys were asked to collaborate to come up with a song to accompany like a movie or something like that like I'm uh, not a movie but like a, a sh like a something for TV I think that they were asked to like come up with a, a song to play and then they just kind of kept collaborating from there but uh, that would be Ivar Bjornsson and uh, Einar uh, what the hell is his last name Selvik I think <laughs> from Wardruna but of course Ivar Bjornsson um, is from Enslaved so they collaborated on a full album called Skugja. Um, that came out in 2015 or 16. I want to say 2016. I think it was late 2016. But um, that one, I remember liking a couple of songs off of it a lot. But for the most part, it felt like a really disjointed record. Like it didn't feel like a full blend of their styles. It just kind of felt like, you know, there, there were a couple of songs that sounded like Vordruna. And then there'd be a couple of songs right after that that sound like Enslave. And there was no real blend there. But uh, they did this second album called Hooksha. And Hooksha is a much better blend of their two styles. Um, I think it's it's really good. Um, it, there's no kind of oil and water going on with this one. Um, every song on there feels like it's a, a true collaboration this time. And a true uh, integration of their styles with one another. But uh, this came out in April of 2018 on By Norse Music. I think they're technically signed to uh, Season of Mist, um, but I don't know if that must have come after, you know, the release of this album, so they might be on Season of Mist now. So I'm assuming there's going to be some future collaboration, maybe a third album, that would be nice. But uh, yeah, this second record is, uh, is a better album than the debut for sure, so... Uh, this one is a favorite of mine. I actually listen to this album probably once a month. <laughs> it just kind of comes to mind, and I'll throw it on again because it's just really good. I don't really get tired of it. So here we go. Off of, I mean, that here's the thing. They don't really call themselves a name like as a band. They just kind of say Ivar Bjornsson and Einar Selvig presents, you know, and then the name of the album. So I can't really give them a, a band name. But uh, off of the album Hooksha, this is Nidotre of Hav, which means like nine daughters of the sea. I think Hav means sea or ocean, so nine daughters of the sea sounds right, so we'll go with that. <laughs>
night. That was Ivar Bjornsson and Einar Selvik with uh, Nidotre of Hav off of their second album, Hugsha. Uh, I love that song and I just love the, uh, the pattern, the beat that kind of runs throughout that song. Uh, I really love that. All right, we're going to go, well, we're going to stay in Norway here out of Bergen. This band's been around since 95 and they really hit the ground running with a bit of a super group. And they've just kind of been well-known ever since. And that band is Borknagar. One of my favorite bands uh, ever. And they've had virtually no missteps in their career as far as I'm concerned. Each album is uh, very different in its own right, but uh, still very much sounds like Borknagar. And uh, I'm going to play something off of their ninth album. They have 11 total now, which once again, I said the same thing about Drutk, but it just seems uh, crazy to me that they have 11 albums now. But I'm going to play something off of the album Urd, which is U-R-D. Came out in March of 2012 on Century Media. Uh, This was the first album that uh, old Vortex was back in the band um, on bass and uh, additional vocals. So there's a couple of songs where he kind of sings lead and then he does chimes in with a little, you know, half of a verse here, half of a verse there. Uh, But it still, of course, has Vintersorg as the main vocalist. I love Vintersorg, so... I was sad when he uh, when he left Borknagar, but um, this album is fantastic. The songs are really memorable. Um, I was not a fan of their drummer at the time. They had this American guy, David Kincaid, for a couple of albums there. He's now gone. But yeah, he just kind of, even when playing the old stuff, he would just kind of, instead of doing a traditional blast, he would do like a bomb blast. Because he would say he just felt like he wanted to make it sound heavier, and uh, um, in my mind, I was like, "It's Bo- you know, Bortnagar doesn't need to sound heavier. That's not really their <laughs> their their goal." So it just was weird to me that he throws in bomb blasts like all the time, and his style just didn't fit. And I remember being rubbed the wrong way because me personally, I would kill to be the drummer for Bortnagar, and he had that position, and he was in the studio uh, in Bergen. Um, recording and or I don't maybe it wasn't Bergen but it was somewhere in Norway recording and it was snowy all around and they were in the middle of nowhere because it's just essentially like a big cabin you know where they were tracking and he was just like standing out front of the cabin and he was just complaining about how cold it was and uh <laughs> and I was like dude like you're in a beautiful Norwegian forest in a cabin with your friends recording an album and you're going to stand there bitching about how cold it is but yeah, so that didn't help me like them much better. But um, but yes, this album is great. And they are much like Enslaved, are one of those bands that has always kind of had this undercurrent of um, being about nature and kind of the balance between, you know, uh, the physical world and the spiritual world and how nature kind of ties those things together. And um, I think that all comes together really well and is really properly represented by this song off of this album so here we go off of their ninth album Urd this is Borknagar with The Earthling
right, great song. That was Borknagar with The Earthling. We're going to Joe, I almost said jump to and go at the same time. We're going to Joe back to the USA, to Washington State. This band's been around since 07, and they've had the same lineup uh, since 07, which is pretty impressive. You don't see that too often these days. But uh, the band is called Alda, A-L-D-A. They've put out three records so far, and they're, you know, it's not uncommon to see bands out of Washington State and Oregon um, kind of having a theme of nature kind of running throughout their music because uh, of just of their surroundings. It's hard not to be uh, inspired and influenced by those surroundings. It's beautiful up there. But uh, I'm going to play something off their second record called Tahoma. came out in January of 2011 on Eternal Warfare Records. And um, yeah, I, I can't say too much. I don't know a ton about this band. Um, it's just a band I've always heard of. I actually uh, had them confused with another project that was actually just kind of all acoustic, like folky stuff. So I kind of forgot about the fact that this band is actually more on the black metal side of things. So... Yeah, I, I whenever I was kind of doing some research and figuring out who I wanted to play on this episode, um, I came across uh, some of their stuff and then remembered who they were. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that is not the Folky Project. I don't know, can't even remember what that one's name is uh, that I'm thinking of. It was another four-letter uh, name, but um, but yeah. So whenever I f- listened to them again, I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is not the Folky thing. This is a, a metal thing. So. Uh, but yeah, they've kind of maintained some popularity in in the U.S. at least within this kind of subgenre. Um, I've heard them mentioned a lot, um, but like I said, I'm not super familiar, so I'm just kind of dipping my toes into these waters now. So, off of the album Tahoma, this is Alda with Tearing of the Weave.
was Alda with Tearing of the Weave. I like their stuff. It's one of those things where if I could just keep it straight <laughs> who they were, I probably would have been listening to them a long time ago, uh, more than I have at least. But uh, okay, we're going to go to Helsinki, Finland here. This is a band that's been around since 01. I really like this band a lot. Um, I think it's their third album. It's called uh, A Collapse of Faith, and it's amazing. It's, it's one of my favorites of this kind of, uh, you know, uh, folky, nature-based, black metal um, subgenre. So I'm not playing something off of that because the songs on that album, uh, there's only three songs, and they're all absurdly long. And this is already a long enough episode without me throwing a random 14-minute tune in the middle of it. Um, so I'm not doing that to you. Instead, I'm going to play something off of their second album. The album is called The Womb of Primordial Nature, and that came out in June of 2008 on Debemir Morty Productions. I love that label. Um, but yeah, they are among my favorites of this style, uh, for sure. This album is great. Um, I, I do really like this album a lot, but do yourself a favor and uh, not only check out this album, but check out the one that follows it, uh, A Collapse of Faith. Really, really good stuff. Um, so yeah, the, all the songs on this one, it's just Roman numerals. So uh, this is actually the opening cut off of it. So off of 2008's The Womb of Primordial Nature, this is October Falls with track number one. <laughs>
right, I know what you're thinking, David. What the hell was that? You just said that you were not going to play something off of their third album because the songs were so freaking long, and then you just dropped a 11-minute song <laughs> right there. Yes, okay, I did, but 11 minutes is better than uh, 18, right? So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, as as the song was playing, I was just like, yeah, kind of goes against what I was saying before the song, but whatever. Uh, all right, we're going to jump to the USA here out of Texas. This project's been around since 2014. Um, this was a side project of, uh, of my former bandmate, the old bass player for Krigsgrove, Wes Radvansky. Um, he started this project called Midnardis. And because uh, Wes really is a, a master when it comes to uh, writing uh, acoustic pieces, especially. He can do more than that, of course. But, um, you know, he can play drums, he can play guitar, bass. Uh, he even does some vocals in this, uh, some more kind of low, uh, more baritone style, clean vocals. Um, but he, you know, his real forte is writing some damn good acoustic pieces, which he did very well. Uh, on the two Krigsgrove releases uh, in which he took part. So on each of those albums, uh, there was some uh, acoustic, you know, pieces that he wrote and um, and performed on the album. And they're really, really good. He has a real knack for it. He's great with his layering, uh, and he's very clean. He's a very clean guitar player uh, with his acoustic. But, um, and he's no stranger to the old 12-string uh, either, so... But, uh, yes, this album that he put out in 2019, it's the third album, it's the most recent. I know he's been working on more uh, stuff since this, but um, hasn't released anything yet, but I know he's kind of hard at work. Uh, he's always got ideas, I'm sure. So, But this album is called In Silent Grove to Dwell. Uh, his previous two releases uh, were kind of a mix of kind of folky things and uh, some black metal, uh, doing some harsh vocals and things like that. Uh, but this one is more um, a full-on acoustic effort, and um, it's a really good release. And um, yeah, this came out in June of last year. It says that it was released independently. I know for the release prior to this one, he um, utilized uh, Nature Mocked Productions, which uh, Krigsgrove used to be signed to Nature Mocked, and that's kind of how he uh, uh, re-established that connection. He reached back out to them and asked if they were interested in releasing uh, his, his Midnardis stuff. And they were for the last album, so I'm not sure if this one got a release through Nature Mocked as well. Um, I know it's a very kind of limited uh, release of physical copies and things like that. But um, if you do like what you hear um, on the episode here, you should check out the Bandcamp page and just purchase it digitally uh, directly from Bandcamp and support. So yes, I'm going to play the title track here. It is uh, a standout track to me on this release, but the whole thing is uh, really good when you're in the mood for some good acoustic music. Uh, this definitely suits my palette. So off of the third album, this is Midnardis with In Silent Grove to Dwell. Here in the eye of exile, 
Midnardis from right here in Texas. He's always really good at kind of establishing a foundation, uh, you know, a, a guitar layer that kind of, uh, you know, he utilizes a lot of repetition that keeps it uh, going throughout most of the piece and then just kind of builds on that and layers on it. And uh, he always does a really good job of, of building it up and then stripping it down at the end. Um, there's some real similarities, like just with the overall vibe to like uh, Imperium. You know, I know he's a big fan of Imperium, so I'm sure that uh, kind of uh, is an influence as well. But uh, yeah, the man knows what he's doing. It's good stuff. All right, we've reached that point. So I need to announce the final song of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. I know this one was a bit of a marathon, so I appreciate those of you who have stuck it out to the end. Um,. I've been wanting to do this theme for a long time, but I just felt like it was too big of a task to try to narrow it down. And it was. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to do a part two or even a part three of this uh, down the line. But uh, I won't throw that at you. Any, I won't throw it at you too soon. I'll spread it out. But, um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the show. Uh, if you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. Um, 
You can also listen to the entire catalog on Spotify, so find it there and follow it. And uh, any sort of feedback or uh, requests or things like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates or poll questions or things like that, it's all going to be uh, located there. So yes, here we go. We're going to finish it in the USA. We started it in the USA and we're going to finish it there. So this band is probably one of the biggest and most well-known of that Cascadian black metal scene up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, It's the old Weaver Brothers and Wolves in the Throne Room. They are based out of Olympia, Washington. They've been around since 2002. And um, they have risen to, you know, the, the top of the mountain as far as uh, American uh, black metal goes, as far as this type of black metal, where it's just kind of very heavily influenced by their surroundings and things like that. It's not so much the old corpse paint and singing about Satan shit. It's, uh, it's more, it's deeper than that. But they are kind of uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to that. Um, they have released six albums now, although one of them was kind of more of an ambient experimental thing that didn't sound like any of their other albums, um, which is not to say that we should discredit that as an album or something, but it's just kind of one that has a bit of an asterisk next to it for me personally. But um, I'm going to play something off of their second album. This one is considered a classic by many. It's called Two Hunters. came out in September of 07 on Southern Lord Recordings. And um, this tune in particular is uh, kind of one of their more well-known songs. And it's just, uh, it's a long one, but it's really damn good. And it just seems like a perfect uh, fitting end to the episode. So thank you guys again for listening. And I'm pretty proud of myself for getting this thing out on time. (laughs) So I don't see any reason why I can't do that again in two weeks. So I got my songs ready for the next episode. And uh, I will see you guys in two weeks. So here we go off of the album Two Hunters. This is Wolves in the Throne Room with I Will Lay Down My Bones Amongst the Rocks and Roots. Cheers. (laughs) 